What is up? What is up? What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Thank you for returning. We're about to dive into episode five. So if this is your first time, I appreciate you here. And uh, if this is your fifth time, then you know I appreciate you here. Huh. You may hear some raining in the background. You might hear hashtag Johnny Cade going at it. However, it just is what it is. Folks, kind of like I've said in the past, I kind of want you to use this podcast as a gauge of how you're doing in your life mentally, emotionally, physically. So, when you think about the podcast, I drop about one a month. So think back to yourself in August. Where were you? How were you mentally? How were you physically? How were you emotionally? And how are you now? And if you're not doing well, if you're still where you were in August, it's time to use a little bit of that HELP acronym, that H, that E, that L, that P, especially the L, and launch yourself into a direction of getting help. Launch yourself into a direction of stepping up and asking for support. A lot of people have reached out asking, you know, what have you been up to this month? What's been going on? And I've had a nice chill month, I feel. Um, I have had the opportunity to uh, virtually present to a few organizations, which was awesome. Uh, The first being an accountant firm out of Chicago. They weren't first responders. It was amazing. It's everything that I dreamed of when I thought about Operation Yellow Tape. I don't want to always just talk to first responders. I want to get the point out there that you don't have to be in this uniform to feel these post-traumatic stress symptoms. So thank you, Boston, for having me. I've also done a couple of virtual workshops. I really enjoy them. They've been successful. I did not think that Doing something virtual would have the effect that it did, but it does. I just think you're on that Zoom, you're there on the big screen, you're you're interacting, and you're being transparent and resilient, and you're moving through some of your struggles. I am about to go on the uh, podcast of retired Fire Chief Arjuna George, Beneath the Helmet. I can't wait. I'm going on his podcast Sunday, December 10th, I believe. If you follow my social media, uh, you'll see whenever that drops. I'm not quite sure, but if you get a chance, give uh, give the give the chief a, a follow. He's got a really great podcast out. It's called Beneath the Helmet. I believe it's um, Instagram Beneath the Helmet Show. But you can you can find him and follow him and listen to his podcast if you're into that type of thing. He's doing a really good job. I'm really excited and honored to be there. So folks, I want to talk about a couple of things today as I drop my my Sharpie marker on the floor. Luckily, I do have a 
one piece of paper with a couple of notes on it. I want to talk a little bit about, in my personal opinion, uh, why I feel um, that we struggle uh, so hard in December with our post-traumatic stress symptoms or our post-traumatic stress injury or just depression in general as first responders. And then I want to dive into a little bit about retired emergency services personnel. Whether you are a firefighter, whether you were in the police department, the military, emergency communication centers, they are the first responders of what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, those folks that work at ECC, they take that phone call. And that phone call could be something as as simple as a back pain. And the very next call they run is someone doing CPR on the side of a pool where a four-year-old fell in and drowned. They go through that whole call for seven, six minutes, listening to the parents scream, the family scream. And then there's closure. Hang the phone up. They have no idea most times what happens. The very next call could be someone saying there's a dog barking too loud. Why am I saying this to you? Emergency communications officers, those folks that take these phone calls are true first responders and definitely need mental health awareness and check-ins like anybody else. Thank y'all for what y'all do. I love y'all. And we cannot do this without you because, for one, you take the call and and launch us into the direction of the incident. And number two, we just can't do it without you. It's one team. Hashtag one team. My point being, folks, is I want to talk a little bit about as we retire from these jobs. It doesn't matter what you do. Right now, as you sit in your car as you sit in the gym, as you sit in your chair, as you walk, no matter what you're doing, you're either about to retire, have 5, 10, 15 years before you retire, or you are retired. And it's coming for you no matter what. Retirement is coming for you. And as first responders, this job becomes a huge part of our identity. It, it all almost and lots of times becomes a crutch because it's so much of who we are. We're so proud of the uniform and proud of what we did. I want you, if you're listening and you're a first responder and you're struggling a little bit, I want you to try this tactic this year. If you're struggling with depression and not quite feeling yourself, first off, I want you to get help, of course, professional help, but also want you to reach out to a retired firefighter, retired police officer, retired sheriff, retired ECC, whatever they might be, and invite them by your station for coffee on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, the day after Christmas. New Year's Eve. I don't know. Just invite them by there. There's got to be somebody that you can think of right now that you haven't talked to in a very long time that worked in the fire service. 
I keep in contact with a lot of retirees. It's something I've always done. I've always thought to myself that when these women and men leave the fire service and emergency services, a part of them loses their mission. They lose that passion. And I think it affects them. And at Operation Yellow Tape, we talk about that all the time with retirees. I've had a fire chief, the fire chief of an organization, the top dog, number one, tell me, Kenny, when I retired, it took less than two weeks and my phone all but went silent. With the exception of a couple of friends and my wife, I was off every text thread. I was off every funny meme joke. It all stopped. And it's nobody's fault. Life just continues to go on. But I'm here to tell you, as a 20-plus year first responder, having those folks come by your house, your station, your firehouse, it does wonders for you too. Because you have to think, those men and women, they mentally, emotionally, socially, personally, spiritually, financially, I always say it, every little you can think of, they got through this job. They have so much to share. And some of them don't even like going by the stations anymore because they remember being at the station and hearing the complaining. Because it's what we do. We complain sometimes. We complain if people come by sometimes because we're busy and we're tired. And sometimes we just want a second. That's nothing against the first responders. I'm right there with you. Sometimes you just want a second. And often when that second comes, the doorbell rings and it's somebody wanting a two-hour tour of your firehouse. Next thing you know, you're on a call. And next thing you know, you miss dinner. And next thing you know, it's 11.42 p.m. and you're eating dinner. However, those retirees, they remember that. And they don't want to be that. So they don't go by the firehouse. They don't stop by the police headquarters. They don't stop by the ECC center. They think they're going to bother you. So, what I want you to do is I want you to reach out to a retiree and tell them, come by our station tomorrow. Come by and have a cup of coffee. Come sit on the bumper. We've got a brand new rookie here who can't imagine doing this job when you did it. Back when it was true open cab. Back before there were ambulances. Hell, you might even know people who still wore the three-quarter boots, rode tailboard, didn't wear a hood, barely wore their SCBA. Have those folks come by and and talk to, to these rookies and these men and women who are new to the fire service and tell them why they did the job for so long and how they got through it. You know, I say that because it's one of the things that really helped me during the holidays. December is hard. December is hard no matter what job you have. doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom or if you're in the fire service or you're a stay-at-home dad or you're, you're just doing odds. I don't know what you do. December is hard on a lot of people. It's hard on me. I miss people. Every year, there's more and more empty seats. But you have to remember, you're still here. You're still needed. You're still enough. 
and you have to continue moving forward and living greatly and being all of those things of those people that you love the most. And one thing that I love to do is have retirees stop by the station. So I know I'm circling right now, but I want you to do that, please. All my first responders, all my sheriffs listening, my ECC, my animal control, my military, and even my folks who aren't. If you work at Capital One, that's right, Brandon, I'm shouting out Capital One. If you work at Capital One and somebody retired this year, man, give them a call. Invite them to your Christmas luncheon. Invite them to to come by and have lunch. You don't know what they have going on. You don't know if they're missing people. Everybody's ready to go now. I can't wait to retire. I can't wait when it's over. I can't wait to get up out of here. I'm never coming back here again. Well, you know what? I've said that. I feel that. But I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it bad. Because of the very few negative cutthroat people that all these professions have, the majority of the people are amazing. And you meet people that you're never going to forget. You may never see them again, but you're never going to forget how they were around the firehouse, how proficient they were on the fire grounds, how goofy they were, the funny things they said. You're never going to forget that. You're just not. So I just asked you, reach out. If somebody has retired from the job you work at, especially emergency services, have them come by and tell them you're going to brew them a pot of coffee. And you're going to sit and you're going to chat. And you know what? Some guys may not want to come out there. Some of the gals may not want to come out there and hang out. But that rookie, she or he's got no choice. Get your butt out here and meet this guy. Meet this lady. And you'll be shocked what it does for that retiree and what it does for you. I want to move on to why I think we struggle so much during the holidays in these professions. And I'm simply going to go on my experiences. When you work Thanksgiving and you work Christmas Eve, and you work Christmas Day, and you work New Year's Eve, and you work New Year's Day, they're holidays. Your family's at home. You're at work. You guys hear that rain? It's wonderful. I'm not sure if you can hear it. Listen. Ah. I could sit here and listen to the rain in silence for hours. Anyway. Squirrel. Anybody who knows me is like, there he goes. That's Kenny. Um, those months can be tough. For me, for me, it wasn't always about the traumatic incidents, the ones where people were severely injured. The fatal fires. I've run, I sat down the other day and went through some of my journals. I've run a lot of fatal fires in 20 years and seven months. Not including my volunteer time. A lot of fatal fires. It's not always that. The car crashes. 
Because when you think about this job, those are things that you think about. You think about the car crashes. You think about the horrific things. I'm here to tell you, for me, and maybe even for you, it went beyond that. It got to a point, and it still is today, I'm still active, man. I'm still in the fire service. It's seeing your community struggling. It's seeing your community hungry. It's walking in homes and people are having to make decisions. Do they buy groceries or do they keep the electricity on? Do they pay their mortgage or do they buy their medications? Do they have money for their vehicle or do they buy the necessities? Necessities, spell that, Kenny. No, thank you. Do they buy the necessities they need? It's seeing that over and over and over again that hurts you the most. And I feel a big part of why December and the holidays are hard on us is because we see that during those months a lot. Now, we see it all year. I get it. But during the holidays, people truly only call for the most part when they need you. We always say that the frequent flyers, we call them, the folks that call all the time, they don't call as much in the holidays. They don't want to sit in the ER. They've already got their meds filled. Most of them are doing whatever it might be. I don't know. But when you get calls on the holidays, it's the real deal. I'm looking at my wall right now, and I'm looking at a incident we ran in December, on October, and on Christmas Eve, just to see the few that I can look up and see right now. We run major calls on holidays. So when you get those calls, it's usually something to it. So just to circle back around, I want you to think about that. Show yourself some grace. Just because it's not always a brutal car wreck, a fatal fire, horrific injuries, and you're still feeling depressed, you're still feeling that hypervigilance, you're still feeling struggle, you may think, man, I really haven't seen anything. I've been on the medic almost the whole month. Well, my brother, my sister, when you're on that medic, you're seeing sick people, people in pain, people hurting, people not doing well. It all adds up. I've got my journal here, and I want to read a little bit of it. And I'm going to skip around as we end things. I told you this wasn't going to be a long one. I just really wanted to talk about some of the retired firefighters. I really wanted to talk about uh, some of the reasons why I personally feel that, for me, it may not be for you, why I personally feel that December and January and November and can be so hard on us especially when it comes to seeing the pain of the community that we love. But what do you do with it? You get yourself help. You keep yourself in motion. You continue to talk to people. You use the HELP acronym. You use HEALTH. You use EDUCATE. You use LAUNCH. And you use PEOPLE. And that's what you do. You just don't sit there stuck. You don't. 
this virtual workshop I did for a fire department this week, I'm sorry, last week, we did just that. We worked through the HELP acronym virtually, writing down what are the top two things that are bothering you the most. How can we work through the HELP acronym to get you where you need to be mentally and emotionally? Get you better mentally fit. Is it a permanent fix? No, but it's a start. And once you start, that launch part of the HELP acronym is the hardest part. December 25th. And I'm going to skip around as I read this, so excuse me, but you're going to get the point here. December 25th. Yesterday, we worked Christmas Eve. It was fairly quiet. We did get in some good meals, some good laughs. We did work out. Families came by. Overall, it was a good day, period. I'm sitting here now about to go into my Christmas. I'm still at the station. We're going to have shift change here in an hour or so, period. But I wanted to talk about the last call. You see, the last call hurt me, period. It's made me feel pretty crummy right now. It's made me feel like I'm going to have this for the whole day today and it's Christmas and it's not fair for my family for me to feel this way. So I'm hoping to journal it away. We got a call this morning. We get there. It's just about sunrise. The house is dark. There's some candles on. People are sitting around a Christmas tree. People are drinking what looks like coffee to me. There's a, I'm going to say individual. There's an individual sitting in a chair. The caller says she had us call you guys because she's not, they're not feeling well. I see children opening up gifts or starting to open up gifts and they're in jackets. I look around, my crew looks around and I said, well, can we turn on some lights? The guy walked over to me and he said, we don't have any power. And of course, with me, I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, I said, oh, 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 no problem. We have flashlights. I've kind of gotten off the journal a little bit. Now I'm just kind of talking about my memory of the call. So back to the journal. I put, they did not have power in this home. There were children opening up Christmas gifts with coats on. The house was chilly. I just can't believe it. I can't believe, I'll leave the year out, in this year that I have people in my community blocks from my million dollar firehouse that are opening up Christmas gifts in the dark with candles on 
with no electricity, it's absolutely heartbreaking. I go on to say that we did some some EMS and the patient wanted to do a refusal. They didn't want to go to the hospital because they'd been sick a whole lot. And, and you could tell they'd been very sick. They did not look very well. It's just been a long, long road. And they really wanted to be home today because they think it may be their last Christmas. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. And we uh, signed the patient refusal and we went about our way. I put in here that I bent down and I told the kids, I hope Santa was good to you. I remember one looking up at me. And that look just sticks with me. They didn't say anything. They didn't look upset, really. They didn't look angry. They just looked like, wow, I can't believe that I'm sitting here talking to a firefighter and there's no power. I guess I could say they just seem embarrassed. I did my best to make them feel like things were going to get better. I, I made sure they overheard me talking to their parents saying Chesterfield County is full of resources and we'll get people coming your direction, which we did. Um, this county and this fire department helps our citizens. If we know you're struggling, we're coming to help you. Not only during the 911 call, but after the 911 call is over. We have resources. We have teams. We're coming to help you. And I feel like we did. I say all this because this journal entry right here was extremely brutal on me. I remember walking in the door and it was Christmas day. My, my my home was warm. My Christmas tree was up. My daughter was waiting on me. It was coffee. You could smell it. It was fresh muffins. You could smell it. We had plans for the day. And yeah, I work hard. And I've, uh, I've earned a nice home. And my fire service career has provided me with a paycheck every two weeks to have things like this. But you know, you're only a paycheck or three away from total disaster in your home. I feel like you're only a phone call from the doctor away to millions of dollars in cancer treatments and debt. I feel like sometimes you're only hours, days away from things getting just like some of the people that we run. I tried my best to push through that day and I did it well. I did a good job. But as you notice, here we are right now, many years later, still talking about that day, still talking about walking into a home that was still somewhat dark and children and adults in coats opening up Christmas gifts with no power in the home. So ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up this podcast, I want you to hang on to that one. And I want you to, to have perspective right now. I, I want you to lean into the good that you do have in your life. 
I want you to lean into the good of, of the folks who do love you and who do support you. I want you to lean into your health. And if your health is, is not as great as you would like it, then lean into hoping and working on it getting better. Lean into what you have that is good. There are so many reasons to be happy. There's so many reasons to break ourselves out of these chains of depression and just sadness. But again, like I talked about previously, I really feel that when you see something like that over and over and over and over again, it affects you. And then you find it stealing the time away from you and your family and your friends. So again, if you got to go back and rewind it, just go back and listen to that journal. And I want you to keep perspective this December. I want you to have a beautiful uh, Christmas Eve, if that's what you what you celebrate, a Christmas Day, if that's what you celebrate. And if you don't, whatever you celebrate, just celebrate it and make it special. Folks, I want to thank you for listening today. This is episode five. I've got no, um, absolutely no plan in stopping this thing. Thank you so much for the amazing, overwhelming feedback. A lot of you tell me your stories. A lot of you tell me the reasons why you listen. And I appreciate that. Leave me a review on Apple or Spotify or however that works. I'd appreciate it. But more importantly, I like those DMs. I like to read them. And sometimes if you notice and you follow my Instagram, you'll see I'll keep the names out, but I'll post it because some of the words are just powerful. I'm really excited about 2024. I'm excited to be heading down to the Virginia Fire and Rescue Conference in Virginia Beach. I'm hoping that some of you will be able to attend. You've already reached out and and ask me about it. And I think some of you are already registered to be there. I'll be presenting February 24th from 8 to 9.45. And then I go again from 10 to 11.45. I'm really excited about that. I've been to that conference many times. This will be my first time as a presenter. The whole week is amazing. So if you can't catch me on the final day, just go and check everything out. The apparatus hall, the, the displays, it is just an amazing week in Virginia Beach. And hopefully the weather will be great. If you're interested in learning more about Operation Yellow Tape and some of the workshops and some of the speaking and some of the presenting and keynotes that I do, you can head over to my website at KennyMitchellJr.com. I'd love for you to sign up for this. If you just stumbled across this, uh, please go into the right-hand corner and uh, click on down to where you find where you can sign up. Simply put your name and your email, and you'll get some behind-the-scenes information when the podcast drops, place I'll be speaking and presenting and teaching, and some weekly motivation for our mental health. Some of us just need to sometimes get off to a strong start and read something powerful and read something real to make us realize that it's going to be a good week. I'm going to force it into a good week. 
You can also give me a follow if you don't mind at Kenny Mitchell Fire on Instagram. Really appreciate that. And as always, folks, there are too many of us to ever feel alone. And this is the time of the year where people feel alone. This is the time of the year where we need to all step up and put our hands out and say, this is the too many. You are the too many. I can't do this without you. I appreciate you. I appreciate the support. And I can't wait to meet some of you. Y'all hear Johnny? I cannot wait to meet some of you this year in 2020, this coming year in 2024. I haven't got through a podcast yet without him barking. I love it. I think he knows when I'm almost done. He's like, I got you, Dad. 32 minutes in, I'm still going to hit it. Folks, again, thank you so much for joining. I hope you have amazing holidays. Surround yourself with positive, loyal, consistent, available people. And again, there are too many of us to ever feel alone. You are the too many. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the love. Until next time. Walk with me.